Good morning. Maybe uh, some of you recognize Casimir is with us. We haven't seen him in two years. He's our missionary over in Oweri, Nigeria, and I had a pleasure of visiting him in, in 2010. And he is an awesome minister. I remember a Christian community where I went as a, a college student. Casimir was going to San Jose State, and God really put a call on him to, uh, to go back uh, to his country and begin a work. And it's an incredible work, and it's an awesome work. And Casimir is probably one of the hardest-working ministers I've ever known. I think he takes about three hours on Sunday afternoon, and then he's going again. But I was thinking today, you know, Casimir came here, but we've been praying all week. And Casimir, if you would have seen one of our intercessors the other day, the way they were just crying and pouring out their prayer for you, you would know this church supports you, not only financially, but in prayer. But you know, we're here gathered out of obedience. And every time the body of Christ gets together, every time we don't forsake our assembly together, there's a supernatural impartation that happens to us. And I want you to be aware today that God wants to say something to you. God wants to do something in your life. And so if you'll get your antennas up, you know, get your heart, get your focus, throw off any cares that you have, and be tuned in to what God wants to say to you. And we've been praying for you too, Casimir. And we know as you came from Nigeria, you're going to impart to us. But we believe that there's going to be an impartation to you too today from us. So will you welcome Casimir? Will you stand and welcome him? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You may be seated. Thank you so much. It's always a blessing to be in this church. I have always enjoyed being here. What I take back from here is more than what I give to this place. You've been always a blessing. Your prayers, your support, your kindness, your counsel, I remember sitting in the home of your pastors, uh, Bruce and Doris, and when I had a, a little setback in my family, they were there for me. They prayed, they cried with me, and, uh, and God answered our prayer. God answered our prayer. My marriage is restored. My home is in great shape. And uh, it was <laughs> that was the surprise I told you I had for you. It was... Uh, it was the prayers that came from this church, came from your pastors, and the, the whole thing worked out. It was one of the greatest miracles that has ever happened in my life. And I thank you for being there for me when I needed you most. That was awesome. And great thing, greater things are happening. Uh, thank God I'm alive and well. Many of you know what's going on in Nigeria. There is always in the news. People are being killed. Uh, missionaries being kidnapped, uh, pirates uh, always taking over the ships and boats and killing the people in them. Churches are burnt and the people in them are killed. I mean, no place is secure in Nigeria anymore. They go to churches and lay their landmine and while they are worshiping, the thing goes off and everybody, you know, gets killed. These are days that we are living with in Nigeria. And uh, the work has gotten much more dangerous than it used to be. But the, the truth of the thing is that God is doing greater works than he has ever done in Nigeria. Many souls are being saved. Many churches are being planted. People are preparing for the ministry as never before. Our college is growing uh, everywhere. You know, we have 
several pastors who are being prepared now for ministry. And as they graduate and go out and uh, plant churches, their churches are growing. So the more the devil attacks us, the more the Lord is doing great things in and with his people. And I want to tell you that even though all of you may not be able to go there and be with us, but because you're praying and standing with us, you are there. And whatever we accomplish there, we accomplish together with you. And I appreciate all the support we have received from this church. You've been so faithful every month sending your check to us. When we know that we have a church like this that is so faithful and committed to what we're doing, we are stronger than ever before. I thank you so much. Uh, we, our medical outreach has been going on. We still go to villages, uh, take our hospitals, equipment and staff to the village, spend a week with the people and uh, give them free medical, free consultation, free medicine. Uh, it's uh, always a, a thing of joy. Pastor Bruce was there in 2010 and they saw what happened. It was a transformational effort that took place in that village. That village is really excited in the things of God today and the church there is growing so fast. God is doing great work there. And uh, we also continue to do the same thing from village to village. I couldn't come here for the past two years because uh, we've been so busy. People are calling us from all areas, please come and help us. Please come and help us. We're willing to go to respond to these calls, but the issue is, is the issue of money. You know, the more people you go to, the more money you spend. And uh, each village we go to, we just don't go there and uh, give them free consultation, free drugs, and uh, all kinds of things. Before we go there, we make sure we dig a well, give them fresh water you know because if you give them medicine and go home and there is no water to drink they will start running diarrhea and having problems many waterborne diseases uh, all across africa because many african nations don't have portable fresh water to drink from so part of our 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 commitment is to each village to dig a well but last year we dug two wells for one village because it was a bigger village than usual. We had to dig two wells for one village to be able to make everybody happy because when they have to line up to get just a bucket of water and stay there for 15 minutes, you know, it's, it's not going to be too easy. So we had to dig two wells for one village. And that's where it's really becoming very, very uh, important for us to be able to have more support, more people coming. We want some of you to come, even though people are dying and the people are being killed. There are people who are surviving. Not, <laughs> not everybody gets killed. So, and uh, we haven't had any issue where any of our missionaries become a victim. God hasn't allowed that to happen. He has always been protecting. He's always been with us. We have had our outreaches and ministry safe. We have had so many people come from the States, and none has ever had any reason to regret their visit. So I invite you to come. You have no reason to fear. If the Lord is with us, he will be with you too. Yes. Amen. Amen? We are so grateful. 
I thank God for the expansion that is going on here. You see, when I see you expand, it makes me happy because I know if you are bigger, we get bigger. <laughs> so our prayer is the Lord continues to bless this church. The Lord continues to expand this church. And our prayer is that each individual that the Lord has sent here to become a part of this family, you will have the hand of God rested upon you, and you're going to have the blessings of God in many ways that you've never seen before. Because this is the house of God. The Spirit of God is here. The power of God is resident in this place. Uh, the, I, I feel the Spirit of God is here. And I speak in many churches, but I can tell you that when you know where the Spirit of God is, you, you feel it. It's there. And I, and I can assure you that if this is your church home, you are in the right place. Because God is here. Amen? So I bring you greetings from my children, Jason, Cordell, and Chiamaka. And more, most importantly, I bring you greetings from my wife. And I want to say it's a joy to have my home back together again. And thank God for that. Amen. I want to speak to you from the book of First Kings. First Kings, chapter 18. First Kings, chapter 18. I believe the Lord has a word for all of us this morning. And I want to read from verses 41 to 46. Then Elijah said to Ahab, Go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Camel. Then he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees. And he said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. And seven times he said, go again. Then he came to pass the seventh time. Then he said, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, go up. So to say to Ahab, prepare your chariot. Go down before the rain stops you. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind. And there was a heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. Then, he had, then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah, and he guarded up his own loins and ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Father, I want to ask that your word come to us in power. Yes. I want to ask that your word come right now, O Lord, yes, yes. and break every issue that is resident in our life right yes. now. May your word come and bring freedom and deliverance. Give us illumination over your word. Give us understanding. Keep us, O oh God, focused and understanding what you are saying to the church. In Jesus' name, amen. The word the Lord laid in my heart for this church. 
for you today is the subject I call where they said there is nothing. That's my topic. Where they said there is nothing. You know the story I have just read. Israel is being ruled by a wicked king named Ahab. He has not only led Israel away from God into idolatry, he and his wife also led them into demonic activities. So he also married a witch named Jezreel, named Jezebel. Ahab married a witch named Jezebel. Together, Ahab and his wife led the children of Israel into rebellion and false worship. And God did not like that. So God raised up a prophet that will not be shaken. Thank God we, God, we need prophets, pastors who cannot be shaken today. So the Lord raised a prophet that will not be shaken, a prophet that will not compromise, and God sent this prophet to confront this spirit of wickedness and the spirit of false religion. You know, God has always spoken to his prophets. The prophets have always been the mouthpiece of God. And I believe that the church is alive and well today because there are still prophets who are God's mouthpiece. And Ahab was one of those God used to confront, I mean, uh, uh, Elijah was one of those the Lord used to confront Ahab. So Elijah confronted Ahab and the first prophets of Baal. And Elijah called fire down from heaven. We may not have physical fire down from heaven this morning, but the Lord is going to bring fire down here tonight, this morning. I'm believing God for that. Now, the people in those days, they have repented, and the false prophets have all been destroyed. In our text, from 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 41 to 46, the prophet the man of God has prophesied the rain is coming. He prophesied that the drought is over. He tells Ahab, don't worry, be happy. The rain is on its way. It's time for you to become, become happy. So Ahab goes up to eat and to drink. But Elijah goes away by himself along with his servant and throws himself down on the earth. And he begins to pray. I want to tell you that prayer is still the only way we can make things happen on earth. It's still the power of God. It's still the way God can do things on earth when we pray. So Elijah threw himself down and began to pray. He sends his servant out to look toward the sea, to see if there is any evidence of a change 
coming. He sends his servant to see if there is any sign of the rain coming. Remember he told Ahab, go and eat, go and drink. Rain is coming. Then he goes to intercede with God to honor the word of a prophet. He sends his servants, go see. His servant comes back with a bad report. The servant comes back with a bad report, an empty report, a negative report. He comes back with nothing. He reports to the man of God, Elijah, there is nothing. Six times, the Bible says, the servant leaves the man of God to wrestle with God while he, the servant, goes out, went out there to scan the heavens for a sign. He went out there to scan the heaven for any evidence that God has answered the prayer of the man of God. Six times, the report comes back the same. Six times, the report came back the same. And what was the report? There is nothing. There was no mistake in his words. The words of the servant were very clear. They were sharp and they were to the point. And what was the word? There is nothing. No doubt, these words had, had an effect on Elijah. I know what, when I get negative reports, the effects it, has, it gets on me and how I feel. So no doubt these words had an effect on Elijah. But a true man of faith is not shaken by what you see and what you don't see. Those things don't have any bearing in what happens in your life. Instead of being discouraged, instead of giving up, Elijah turns up the heat. Elijah presses his requests. He intensifies his prayer because he's not going to take a no for an answer. There is nothing is not what Elijah was expecting from God. So he takes, Elijah took the negative report as a challenge to the word of God. Why? Because God had told him to appear before Ahab. And to, he told Ahab that there will be rain. So the negative report is not against Elijah. It's a challenge to the word of God. If the Lord has said he's going to do something for you. And there is a negative report against it. It's not against you. It's against the word of God. And God can defend his word. <laughs> he stands on the word of God. Elijah stood on the word of God. And the Bible says he prayed fervently. Fervently. 
I don't know if you understand what fervently is. Fervently means white heart. He prayed fervently. Finally, on the seventh time, his servant returns with a side note. On the seventh time, he came back with the same report of nothing but with a side note. There is still nothing, but I saw a little cloud. Somebody say, Amen. I saw a little cloud the size of a man's hand. Rising up out of the sea. You know, the poor servant did not know what he saw. And he was ready to hear those familiar words again. Go again. That was what he was expecting because he did not know what he saw. So he was expecting his boss, his master, Elijah, to send him back to go again and look. Instead, Elijah jumps up of his knees and sends his servant a different direction. He sent him a different direction with a new order and a new instruction. He says, go tell Ahab to hitch up his chariot. Get down off his, this mountain for there is the sound of the abundance of rain. There is the sound of a downpour. There is a sound of a deluge, an extremely heavy, hard rain is on the way. And this is the word of God that Elijah had in his spirit. And this is the word God put in my spirit and told me to prophesy to you today. He said, prophesy to my people. In the place where they said there is nothing shall come forth an abundance. Why not? Why not? I don't know whom I'm talking to right now. I don't know what it means to you, but you do. Somebody has heard these words. There is nothing. Somebody here has heard these words. There is nothing. Not once. Not twice. Not three times. You have heard it over and over and over again. There is nothing. There is no money. There is no hope. There is no way. There is no love. There is no chance. There is no change. There is nothing left. There is nothing we can do. Those words are meant to signify the end. In other words, those words will tell you, you can quit praying now. You can quit confessing. 
And quit believing. And quit hoping. Quit expecting. Quit dreaming. Quit looking. And quit praising. And sometimes it means quit marching around your Jericho walls. But I came to tell you this morning, don't quit. The Lord sent me all over from Nigeria to come and tell you, don't quit. Don't quit believing. Don't quit confessing God's word. Don't quit. That's the word of God for you. Don't quit marching around the walls of your problems. They will come down these days. Because in the same place where they said, there is nothing, shall comfort and abundance. Where they said, there is nothing, shall comfort and abundance. They. Who are they? They may mean your doctor. May mean your bankers, your lawyer, your husband, or your wife. They may mean your prodigals who have said to you, I'm never going to serve God, so quit wasting your time praying for me. They may even be religious people around you who are telling you to give up on your dreams. They say there is nothing. It's never going to happen. They may be your circumstances that stand in total, absolute contradiction to what God is saying to you. But I came here to remind you, it always gets the darkest just before the dawn. Warfare surrounds the birth of a miracle. You know that. Warfare surrounds the birth of a miracle. I, I, we, we have a hospital, a 46-bed hospital, and we deliver more than 12 to 13 babies a day in our hospital. I have gotten to know from the doctors and nurses that a woman never comes closer to dying than when she's given birth. And a woman never comes closer to dying than when she's given birth. Just before you break through, just before you break through, you will fight your greatest battle. And the Lord is there to give you victory, no matter the situation. Let me say it like this. Your abundance is just beyond nothing. Well, you say, I can't see nothing. I don't feel nothing. I don't have any evidence. Well, I may not have any evidence from a natural perspective. But I have got confidence in God's word. I have got confidence in God's word. He has never failed. 
If you knew what I went through, your pastors know. There was no evidence. Everything around me said, it's over. There is nothing. I could not have any evidence around me. I, don't have, I didn't have any evidence from a natural perspective. But one thing that was sure is that I got confidence in God's word. Everything else, the Bible said everything else will pass away, but my word will remain. I want to tell you, Hillside, that you are in the perfect position for a miracle. Peter finished all night and fished all night and caught nothing. But one word from Jesus went, made him to go from nothing to abundance. Peter fished all night and caught nothing. Only one word from Jesus took him from nothing to abundance. He went from nothing to overflow. From nothing to too much. In fact, he had to call his partners to bring their boats. And both boats were overloaded and began to sink. Someone here this morning needs to know today that you are closer than you think. You are closer than you think. Your miracle, your healing, your breakthrough is closer than you think. What I'm saying to you this morning is that you are on the brink of a breakthrough. You are on the brink of a breakthrough. So why do you think Satan has been fighting you this hard? Why do you think he's fighting you this hard? Because something great is about to happen in your life. That's why he's been fighting so hard. I know you can't see it, but God has been walking in the dark. Yes, you can't see it, but God has been walking in the dark. God walks night shift. <laughs> he does his best work in the night seasons of your life. The Lord does the best work in the night seasons of your life. Even when you can't trace his hands because it's so dark, you can trust his heart. You can trust his heart. I couldn't trace his hands when he was walking in the dark season of my life. I couldn't, I couldn't see him, but I trusted his heart. And whether we can see it or not, all things work together for good. That love the Lord and accord according to his purpose. All things, the good, the bad, and the ugly. They all work together for good. You see, Isaac was dwelling in a land stricken with famine. Isaac was living in a land that was stricken with famine. 
That means no rain, severe drought, no crops. It was a desolate place that he was dwelling, and horrible conditions were all around him. He thought to go to another place. He thought to look for a better condition, better environment, better weather, and better ground. But God said no. God said to Isaac, no. Stay here and sow your seed here where there is nothing. No doubt Isaac was criticized and ridiculed. No doubt they called him a fool for wasting his seed. Sowing in a drought-stricken land, a place where there is no hope. But Isaac obeyed the Lord and sowed his seed in that land where there was nothing. And there came forth an abundance. There came forth an abundance. He reaped in the same year a hundredfold in the very same place where there was nothing. I want to tell somebody here in this church who is looking for a better place. You are looking for a better environment. You are looking for more favorable circumstances. I want to tell you to hold on. Hold on. God is going to bless you right where you are. In the place where they say there is nothing shall comfort and abundance. I know it's hard to keep marching around the walls of your Jericho when there is no visible evidence of change. I know it's hard to keep tithing and sowing your seed when you are in a financial famine. I know it's hard to, to praise God for healing when your body is wrecked with pain. I know it's hard to stay positive when everything around you is negative. I know it's hard to believe for rain when you have been in a long drought season. I know. I know by the Spirit, I'm talking to somebody, some people who have been in a long drought season right here. I don't know who you are, but I know that I'm talking to some people right now. Drought means scarcity. It means lack. It means deficiency. It means emptiness, dryness, no waters, shortage, want, need. You've been in that kind of drought. It may be a spiritual drought you are in. You haven't felt God in a long time. And your spirit is dry and empty. It may be a drought in your finances. It may be a drought in your marriage. You are running on empty. You may feel like all the love is gone. There is nothing left. It may be a drought in your health. You've been in a long, hard battle. And you are exhausted. And you are worn out. And you don't feel like you can fight one more day. You are empty. I came to declare to you this morning 
by the word of the Lord, the drought is breaking. The drought is breaking. There is a drought busting anointing in this place this morning. Somebody needs to lift your hands right now and thank God that the drought is breaking. I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. I've heard all the negative reports. I've heard all the discouraging words. I've heard all the dream killers and faith assassinators. I've heard them. I've heard the dry bones talking about how dry they are and how hopeless situation is. I've heard that, all those things. I've heard the weather reports. No relief in sight. There is no rain in the forecast. Elijah. They say the drought continues, Elijah. But I'm like Elijah this morning. I'm tuned in to a different frequency. And I want you to tune in to a different frequency. Not CNN. Not your local news or radio. Tune in to a different frequency. And I'm hearing heaven's forecast right now. Heaven's forecast is predicting heavy amount of rain. Heaven's forecast is predicting flash flooding. Be warned, you are in the warm areas this morning. Elijah is standing in a place where he heard the words, there is nothing. He is standing in a place where he heard the word, there is nothing. Now turns around and says, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. In other words, it's been released in the heavens. It's on his way. It's been released. And let me pause here to tell somebody. It's on his way. It's closer than you think. Heaven's radar has already located it. It's in your county. It's in your town. It's in your neighborhood. It's coming down your road. And it's coming to your house. The Lord has located you. I don't know whom I'm talking to this morning, but God told me to prophesy to you, the drought is over. The drought is over. The anointing is changing your season right now. God told me to tell you that that yoke-destroying, burden-removing anointing is in this house right now. So the servant of Elijah comes back the seventh time. He says, I don't know what this means, but I see a little cloud the size of a man's hand. Elijah knew what it meant 
It meant my prayer has been heard. Your prayer has been heard. The answer is on its way. God told me to tell his side this morning. God told me to tell somebody here this morning, your prayer has been heard. The answer is on his way. Your prayer has, has not been in vain. Your prayers have not been in vain. Your praise has not been in vain. Your sowing has not been in vain. Your generosity has not been in vain. Your tithing has not been in vain. Your faithfulness, your obedience has not been in vain. God is getting ready to reward you. Blessings are coming your way. Abundance is coming your way. Joy unspeakable and full of glory is coming your way. Your tears of sorrow are getting ready to turn into tears of joy. God is ready for you. You may be standing in the middle of the desert. And you may be standing or staring at nothing but sand. Or you may be standing in the middle of the valley of dry bones with nothing but death and desolation and emptiness and confusion all around you. But let me remind you that it was into Ezekiel's boneyard that the wind of God began to blow and put together everything that had been stolen Everything that had been taken away, everything that had been broken, and out of that boneyard, a mighty army was raised up. God is about to do a mighty thing in this house. Let me say it one more time. In the place where they said, there is nothing, shall comfort and abundance. Somebody in this house, you've been in a drought, but the drought is breaking. The rain is falling. The wind is blowing. The anointing is flowing. Who am I talking to this morning? How many will do something crazy this morning and do like Elijah and start acting like it's already done? Start praising him like you believe heaven's weather report. Remember what I said? It was so small what the servant saw. Like a man's hand. It didn't look like much. But Elijah's faith grabbed hold of it. It was so small. Elijah's faith grabbed hold of it. There is something about faith that lets you see the greatness in little things. There is something about faith that lets you see greatness in little things. In fact, faith can see 
a weapon of mass destruction in the jawbone of an ass. Faith can see a weapon of mass destruction in the jawbone of an ass. Faith can see a meal for a, a multitude in the sack lunch of a boy. Faith can see an oil business in a room full of empty jars. There is something about faith. Faith can see a king in a simple, smelly shepherd boy. There is something about faith. The servant of, of Elijah saw a little cloud. But Elijah saw a river filling. Saw ground soaking. Saw drought bursting cloud or rainstorm coming. But the servant saw a little hand. I don't care how big the problem may seem to you that you're going through. Or how long the problem has existed. The promises of God came or comes or come in concentrated form. The promise of God comes in a concentrated form. For Elijah, it came in a concentrated form, a little hand. But Elijah knew what it was. So, what I'm saying this morning is this. A little word from God will set you free. A little word from God will destroy that thing forever that you are going through. Jesus said, all it takes is faith like the size of a mustard seed. And you can command mountains to jump into the sea and they will have to go. A little faith. I feel... Some mountains are starting to shake right here, right now. I feel some mountains are losing their hold right now. I feel some real mountain moving faith rising up in here right now, in your heart right now. I feel a drought bursting faith in the house. I feel something shifting in the atmosphere right now. I prophesy to you right now. The drought is breaking, and the rain is on the way. Somebody listening to me right now, I just want you to receive this, that the drought in your finances is breaking. That long dry spell is over in Jesus' name. And somebody else that you're here this morning, your spirit has been so dry for so long. And you felt so distant from God or from his presence. I want to assure you this one, that, that drought also is breaking right now. It's breaking right now. The wind is blowing. The wind is blowing. The rain of God's supernatural power is taking place right now. The presence of God is flooding your soul right now. Just Open up and let it fall on you. Just like Elijah received the little hand that the servant saw. Open up and let it fall on you. 
Somebody else, you've been fighting a long battle with your health. But I want to tell you that it's raining. There is healing in the rain. You've been fighting a long drawn battle with your health. But there is a rain of God falling right now. There is healing in the rain. Receive your healing. Receive your breakthrough. Receive your completeness in the name of Jesus. And somebody here, you've been going through a long place with your, a long dry place with your family. Seems like it gets worse and worse. You try to love them. You try to embrace them, but they just push you away and run from you harder. It's time for that drought to break. It's time for that drought to break. It's time for it to rain on your family. For it to rain on your husband, your wife, your children, and even your grandchildren are going to get wet in the name of Jesus. You know, Zechariah said, Zechariah chapter 10, verse 1, he said, Ask ye of the Lord rain in the time of the later rain. So the Lord shall make bright clouds and give them showers of rain. Come on, I just want you to just lift your hands and tell God, send rain. Tell him you want the rain. Tell him you want the rain. It is time of rain. The anointing is here. The rain is falling. Yokes are being broken and destroyed. Burdens are being lifted. Joy is being restored. Peace is being restored. In your house, in your family, in your church. Everything is coming down on you right now. Because there is the Spirit of God working in this place right now. Elijah got off his, got off his knees and told Ahab, is here. The rain is here. If you don't get that chariot rolling, you aren't getting off of this mountain. <laughs> and while Elijah was prophesying, the wind blew and the clouds turned black and the rain came. Elijah heard it with his spirit. He prophesied it with his mouth and he saw it with his eyes. I prophesy to you right now Somebody is getting ready to see a manifestation of what you have heard God say to you several months ago. You are going to see a manifestation come to you right now. What you have heard God say to you, that manifestation is coming to you. You've been professing it. You've been believing it. A lot of people thought you were crazy. But you are getting ready to see it. Because the drought is over and the rain is here. I wish I had some people here who knew how to enjoy the rain. In my country, when it rained, we came, we came out from our homes and we danced in the rain. Even now we still do it. I wish I had people here who know how to enjoy the rain. We come out and we enjoy the rain. Because rain comes from heaven. I wish I had some people here who knew how to dance in the rain. You know, in our country, we, we used to sing the chorus all the time when I was, you know, in the Bible college. 
Send down the rain. Say, we, we, we sing it like a song and a chorus. He says, there is joy in the rain, Lord. Healing in the rain, Lord. Then he said, there is dancing in the rain, Lord. There is freedom in the rain, Lord. I came here prophetically to declare to the church this morning that God has taken you on a journey. And you are about to see the manifestation of what you've been believing for years. It's happening to you as a congregation and it's happening to you as individuals. The hand of God is upon this church. The power of God is upon this church. The manifestation of what you've been believing for these years. You are about to see them. God is here. You know, they used to tell us, we'll get it when we get to heaven. But the Lord has said, he's going to do it now. Yeah. Somebody needs to lift your hands right now and begin to praise him for that rain. Let's be on our feet right now. Let's be on our feet right now. Now, let's begin to praise him for that rain. Praise him like a man in the desert who was, who was looking for rain and all of a sudden... You know, gets in touch with an oasis. This is the time for us to enjoy the reign of the Lord. Praise him because the drought is over. Praise him because deliverance is here. The healing is complete. The Lord has released what you've been asking for these years. This is the time for healing. This is the time for restoration. This is the time of manifestation of great things in this local church. Let's begin to praise him right now. Let's begin to appreciate him for what he is doing. This is a mighty reign of God. Grab it. Accept it. Receive it. For God, who has begun the work, has started to complete it in your life. I believe that this is the time for you to receive it. Accept it. Don't let it escape you from now. This is your moment. This is your moment. I feel it in my spirit. I feel it in my spirit. This is your moment. Receive it. Ask God for your rain to pour on you. Get soaked. Get wet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. If you're here this morning, if you're here this morning, you want me to lay hands on you? You want me to lay hands on you to believe God for what God has begun to do in your life, to complete what he has begun? His name is Alpha and Omega. He makes a beginning and he makes an end. You want him to complete what he has begun in your life. I want you to take a step of faith. You can come up here for prayer. We're going to pray for you this moment. This is a great God. Thank you, Jesus.